Welcome back to the TV Talk Machine podcast. We didn't abandon you. We just were lazy and didn't do a podcast for a month. I'm Jason Snell across the internet for me, your host. He is a guy on Substack. Tim Goodman, hi. <laughs> hi, how are you? I again I want to say you're the you're the chief TV critic and bottle washer of the Bastard Machine Substack. That's I, that's I am. That's what you are. I do all the duties. Stack the chairs. Uh-huh. You that's know? right. That's good. I, I, Un- I prefer that. Yeah, stack mm. the chairs, unstack the chairs the next day. Stack yeah. them back up at the end of the day. That's what you're do, doing. Do what you want. I mean, I'm just following your lead. You're yeah. you're the you're the one who uh, charted this path for all. Yeah, else. yeah. It's funny. Uh, a friend of, uh, a friend of mine just uh, said yesterday that he quit his job too. So it's like it, it keep it's happening. You know. Yeah. Great resignation. It's, uh, it's yes, the great resignation. Uh, I wrote, kind of wrote a, a show about that, but we'll see if it gets picked mm. up. Speaking of Substacks, just real quick, though, yes. I wanted to say that yesterday, I was very excited, yesterday, maybe day before, um, Colin Malloy, who's the singer of the Decemberist, has joined uh, the Substack family, and uh, I immediately subscribed to him. Ah. Yep. And uh, I noticed that he had a, you know, like that giddy early rush where there's a lot of content. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll catch up with that. Just uh, bottled up inside. Yeah, so every it's it's fun to be there. It's a it's there's a lot of other stuff going on. Are you there. how are you feeling now? Being a few months in, are you kind of like in in a? How, how's the pace been? Have you have you lost your original exuberance and and realize <laughs> now that you've got a you've got a pace of of what to do every week? Not I mean, uh, yes and no, not really. I actually uh, it still is uh, very much in the in the exciting phase, and also it you know it. I think just for me, it helped that you know not waiting for other people and i can just write something and and be happy with it or and whatever mm-hmm. uh right away and <clears throat> interestingly enough i think that the pieces that are doing the the best for me um are the ones that are just kind of like random and so hmm. you know i'm like i think right now i'm this is like three months i'm just about three months into it and I think the you know I've kind of got the pace of it, and I'm trying to figure out like what people want, how often do they want it, what are they what are they interested in, and things that I thought people were going to be interested in, which is the t- the box set TV club, which is you know you don't have to pay to get in it. You can there's going to be free and paid content uh, that took off really well. But and then I I think I just you know you trial and error. I think I've done I was doing three at once, and that's just too much for people. Yeah, so. But good shows, you know, good shows for watching. But I think it's, I can tell it's a little bit. And then, you know, look, there's a land war in Europe. So people are distracted. Also, <laughs> also true. Also, you just wrapped up, wrapped up a counterpart. Yes. Which anybody who listened to the TVTM when that was on know all about it. I, I've i seen season one twice. I've, I think I've seen the first episode three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least. Um, and so you got to episode 10, you pointed out quite rightly, I think it's an interesting fact about counterpart is that they got a 20 episode pickup. So they knew they were having a second season, but also I think that meant it was unlikely they would be having a third season and they never did. Um, yeah, they would have had to do better than they did. I mean, great show, but no, better than well, you made the point that, um, if you can't get JK Simmons nominated, even nominated for an Emmy award for that performance, which was, I thought the best performance that I had seen on TV in in years, mm-hmm. honestly, one of these great, amazing performances. Um, and he couldn't get a nomination for that, a high profile actor. Um, nobody's paying attention to the show, right? Like yeah. that, that was the that was the hope is that it became a prestige darling and got nominated for some awards and that drove more buzz to stars and that they would keep it going. And it didn't happen. So and it, and it really hasn't happened for them. Their shows that have succeeded are kind of like niche shows that don't have a lot of like really famous stars in them. Like if you go back, uh, I don't even look, I don't, I don't have stars now. I don't know if it's streaming or if somebody picked it up, I'll probably look for it. But the late great series boss on stars, which might've been one of their first, if not their first show. And it starred Kelsey Grammer. He was outstanding in that. He was like, holy hell man i i think he really like lit into that role like this is going to be my hbo show um and unfortunately like literally no one was like people are like what stars why is there a z on the end of it (laughs) yeah yeah they uh, i always think of stars as being basically like the place that the 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 service that i pay 15 dollars once a year to watch outlander yes that's Mm -hmm. basically it 
I mean, Outlander is their big hit. Yeah. There's no question about yeah. that. So, you know, and some of their other stuff has done well. And, uh, you know, I wish I'm glad that they're still out there and, and doing it. But they just outside of Outlander, they really haven't had, to my knowledge, like a like a really big hit. And, and Outlander's limited in its own way. Right. But, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we're, we're, I've considered the all 20 episodes of Counterpart. I know you just wrapped uh, the first 10. All 20 episodes of Counterpart, a gift because they're wonderful. And it has an ending. Not not all things are wrapped up, but it has an ending um, for people who have been going through the first 10 and are afraid that they're going to be left on just like a pure cliffhanger. That's not how it ends. It has a thematic end. It, it, they, they, Justin Marks posted on Reddit, um, the, the showrunner, um, that they he already had sort of his vision for what season three was going to be, and it was going to be a location shift and a time jump and added complexity. So in many ways, you know, he said he always had plotted the first twenty episodes to stand alone because he knew that they they might not get any more. Um, his Reddit post is amazing though because you know, <laughs> imagine a uh, uh, you know you tune into season three of Counterpart and it starts with the desert. <laughs> and out and, and out of the desert drives like a truck from like a, a cave or something, or people are digging in the desert, and you get the strong implication that that um, maybe there's more than one place you can cross over from one parallel world to another. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and you're like what? And then and he said we would eventually get back to those characters that we knew, but he was going to really spin them off in another direction and have added added complexity and different situations and change the palette of the show from the grays of Berlin to something that was more uh deserty uh african north african kind of kind of intrigue um sorry he didn't get to tell that story but i'm happy with the 20 episodes like it's a it's a great show it's one of my favorites of all time yeah it's um man i have not read that reddit thread i will go back and look at that yeah you should be able to search for it but it's like yeah he just little tidbits because it's that moment you know where a a writer has plans that are Mm -hmm. never ever going to see fruition and uh he and then he just drops them on the table because he's like never going to make this show now so here's what we're going to do and then right yeah yeah so how was it for you walking through those uh, 10 episodes again it was great and um it's in fact my and i've done it this is my third time i think and uh i did it for well i watched them when i was planning it for a class and uh i loved it and i had a new appreciation for like everything um you know it's they make so few judgment not mistakes, but you're like, mm, I don't know if I would have done that. Uh, very few. And it's so smart. And I really wish now after hearing you say that, I, I want, I think a third season is really a great time to shake up a show. I think, um, but I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, he probably knew that he had to do well to get that third. And if you go to somebody where you're maybe not doing well at stars and say, Hey, I'm going to move this to like, uh, North Africa. And they're like, yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's a little bit like what HBO responded. To. I mean, thank God they said yes. But you know, when David Simon brought season two of the wire to them, they were like, what are you doing? Like they just, they were out of, they were apoplectic. Let's put it that way. And, um, but it all worked out and he, he's, he did what, um, Justin Marks was trying to do where you you have a, a universe and you try to create different areas of it and expand on it. So that's that would have been the smart thing to do for counterparts. So I um, I wish I would have seen that. And I do tell people at the end to, to watch season two because I, I kind of loved how they did that. That you know they're expanding on the theme uh, and they were getting in a lot of that in season one. So they both work great. So yeah, I'm 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 I really appreciate it. Uh, I think it's one of those shows where uh, you got to be a little bit wonky, but there were really good people working behind the scenes. That's why the show works on such smartly and on such good levels, you know? So, yeah. And I know, I know like I have watched enough cheesy TV where there's the episode where there's the, the duplicate, the doppelganger and all that. And it makes me roll my eyes, honestly. It's like, Oh, are we doing this? Are we, but counterpart, it's just, it never takes the easy way out with any of the ideas that they're, that people have their, their others, their counterparts. Um, it's always more complicated than it seems. And yeah, I, I love that. And, and yeah. And so like, I looked at the, and this is also fun for me uh, through this Substack to, to sort of talk to people about, especially in comments and stuff about like, you know, being able to say, you know, it, 
you know, either it, this is where it differentiated from the book or this is what I would have done differently if I had a chance to run the show or, or you know, or if, if this was my show, I, I, I would have endorsed all these decisions and been excited to have season three or, you know, to be able to sort of put yourself in there as somebody who's sort of toiling away trying to do this. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that like, you know, Counterpart has, uh, I mean, just the idea of being able to build that world out and talk about it is, 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 it's fun. It's huh. intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, as it got canceled and even when it was through the first season and nobody was talking about it, I think you and I both realized that we would be spending the rest of our lives yep. telling people, <laughs> have you seen Counterpart? Yeah. <laughs> you, you should, you should watch that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a gem, a little gem. Yeah. And the thing that you said about, um, you know, doppelgangers and, and that kind of stuff, what was good about Counterpart, just to put the, the exclamation point on this part of the podcast and also to follow your point up a little more lucidly than I just did. But like we talked a little bit about making the right decisions. Right. So they kind of all did that. So like, you know, their multiverses are, you know, uh, you know, if you if you saw the documentary Parallel Lives, Parallel Universe, you know it comes from Hugh Everett, uh, uh, whose son is the lead singer of the Eels, Mark uh, Oliver <laughs> Everett. And, uh, you know, so that's a great BBC documentary that PBS ran. You can find that for free on Vimeo, by the way. You should look it up. It's only an hour. Um, you know, to, to know the person who basically came up with the theory for, uh, you know, quantum 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 mechanics where you have uh quantum physics where you have uh, like other people the the sci-fi world as you know read the that stuff and put it in their books in the 60s and 70s and all that kind of stuff um but they're everywhere now so if you're gonna do that you have to have it has to be different right you're saying oh that again but counterpart was always something where you're like oh i think i've seen this other but not quite like this so that's you have to be able to take a trope and spin it and turn it on its head a little bit so um i we talk about counterpart i start to think about patriot i imagine that that's coming down the road at some point for the for the box set uh, a revisiting of patriot another one of those shows that nobody ever heard of that was absolutely brilliant and just got lost in the shuffle i definitely want to do it even even at the risk of everybody saying you know tim will not give up on this show <laughs> You know, to how many ever years past that the creator's done more, you know, Stephen Conrad's done mm -hmm. other shows. Uh, there is a risk in that, but I, I do, I, I think I'm gonna, it's interesting because there's, I, I kind of was thinking about also the Americans would be a more current one, which is fun. Patriot is current, but not, you know, like, again, that's like, I think what, I think it went 2016 or 17 and it was written in 2015. The pilot first came on, I think, in 2015. So, those are a little harder. Um, I thought about doing uh, nonfiction with uh, Formula One Drive to, uh, Drive to Survive, oh, which yeah. is a huge cult following. But I don't know if my particular people on the Substack, some of them seemed very excited from the on the Twitter side, but I'm not sure that the base of the current Substack base was interested in that. So I kind of passed on that one. And uh yeah, uh, but so I, yes, but yeah, to answer your question, definitely, um, definitely, Patriot is in the running <laughs> for next one. By the way, um, the last news I saw of Steve Conrad, who of course did Perpetual Grace Limited after he did Patriot, they are very different shows and yet also very similar shows in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, one season of that, he la at last report uh, in November is writing the pilot for a game of thrones yes spinoff yes mm -hmm. which now first off i'll say it's duncan egg it is a less serious i'm not saying it's wacky but it is a little more quirky corner of george R. R. martin's universe he wrote some novellas about duncan egg um which is uh duncan the tall and Aegon targaryen basically um and I I thought, really? And then I thought, you know, if I was a if I was a network executive and I had a property that we were trying to find creative people to do something with it, I would absolutely go to Steve Conrad 
Um, and I would go to um, Justin Marks too, quite frankly, yeah. and be like, "What do you think about this? You you made a great thing that nobody nobody saw, but I know how great it was. Maybe you want to take your crack at this Game of Thrones thing I've got over here." And apparently, uh, at, le- at the very least, they're paying him. Whether it actually happens or not, I don't know. But at the very least, they're paying him. Yeah, I mean that's fantastic. When I first heard it, I was like. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, Game right. of Thrones. I wouldn't have thought that, you know, and and, and I was like, well, good for him, because now it's like big time and that's probably not going to get canceled. But now that you've explained actually the content of, of the characters, because you know that world better than I do, that makes total sense. It, I would do that yeah. in a heartbeat. I, I mean, it's a little it's just a little more off kilter and not quite as, as serious as the as the main novels. These were like George R. R. Martin's kind of novellas of a uh, hundred years before and these two you know it's like a buddy it's not like again not a comedy but it's a it's a uh, it's a different vibe so i'm i'm intrigued by uh him doing that so yeah yeah nice. I, so patriot is inevitable right in the box set at some point you just have to decide so. if you want to yeah. deploy it sooner rather than later yeah I th- it's just it's it has to it has to come i'm just trying to re- reevaluate which like did whether do i do two at the same time which is I think more tolerable than three, but again, you, the picks are, the choices have to be right because yeah. if, you know, Pete, there are other good shows out there right now. And, um, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I, I'm I, it, to answer your, the short answer is yes, that it will come. <laughs> There's no secret. And then you also wrapped up the end of the FXXXing world, <laughs> um, which is another one of these two season shows um, but in this case, it has an ending, and then and then they said, "Well, it was too successful. We're going to make another season." And all of us who watched the first season said, "Huh? Yeah." <laughs> or no. And the second season is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the first season is kind of a perfect little thing. It's perfect. It's there's there's no ne- there's you know as I wrote in there that's not necessary to, to watch the second season. It wasn't necessary to create it. Um, and you can watch it now that you've watched the first one. Um, uh, it's just different. It's just it just changes everything. Um. You know, it just uh, takes a, a uh, what I think was a great ending and and says, "Ha, okay, yeah." Here's a diff- different direction, and it's fine. It's just not the it's not the first one, but it's everything's kind of a money grab, right? I mean, the guy who did uh, Squid Games, well, you know, the guy like he lost teeth, he lost weight, he was took ten years to ma- to get it made after all these rejections, he was broke. He was like, "No way in the world am I ever doing this again." And they're they're like, "It's a huge hit. You should. Are you sure?" And he was like definitely i my health couldn't take it and i remember reading that maybe even when you and i talked about it i was like they're gonna back the truck up to that dude yeah. and they did and he's writing a second season so yeah i mean it, it, yeah they did eventually yeah. money wins out well and and i i guess you could argue that if it if it really caused all of those effects on him that that that's a thing that maybe money can help with right because he'll hire staff and assistants and he won't have to do it all himself and um and maybe Right. Like maybe that'll help a little bit, but still. Absolutely. That's the first thing I thought was like, dude, the the drinks truck is coming up. Take it. It's not going to come up again. Yeah, exactly (laughs) right. This is your, this is your chance. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, so I, I wanted to tell you a fun thing that I did. Fun is not the right word for it, which is, uh, because we've been talking about this a lot on my other podcast that I did because you, you fled, and I had to start That's another right. TV podcast downstream where I talked uh-huh. to Julia Alexander about streaming stuff. I I got so I got CNN Plus. Oh wow! <laughs> Did you really? I think I'm going to save my biggest takes for for downstream next week. But I will tell you, okay. Um, I, I, it, it nothing says we are contractually barred from including anything that we want to include like <laughs> CNN Plus. It is the pro. It is the empty hole created. To it's like it's like, you know, in like uh, 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 prison movies, you know, your Shawshank Redemption, where they're digging like the hole with a spoon. Yes. CNN Plus is like the tunnel being dug by a spoon by an inmate. Oh my god! It's an escape route, and they will need it someday. But right now, they can't get out, and the, oh the, what god. they can't get out of is all the money they get from cable companies to put CNN on cable. Um, but they know they will eventually need to escape, so they're they're just very slowly digging the the uh, the tunnel with the with the spoon. And I guess what I'll say is the CNN Plus feels much more like it's in the tunnel with the spoon than it is oh. like in the outside, free running free. Yeah. Um, the, for those who don't know, like basically, yeah, there's too much money in cable, so they can't like put CNN on a streaming service. So they've created a new streaming service, but it it has like 
it has some live stuff, but it's all in the it's all in like evening East Coast. So as a West Coaster, it's like we got live shows one to four p.m. Like whoopee. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's not like their their regular shows. And I think the thing that's most baffling is they don't have a linear show, and I don't know whether a linear channel. I don't know if that's because they're barred from even doing that based on their um on their cable contracts. I don't. I I wouldn't think so. Um, but I, it feels like a failure of imagination that, like, I know you don't want to just replicate CNN, but so much, especially when news is breaking, so much of the value, I actually find it the most valuable of any TV news is when big news is breaking to be able to turn yeah. it on and get yeah. updates in real time. And so for them not to have a linear channel, even if most of the time it is just showing a Wolf Blitzer, you know, like showing these shows that they already have, just playing them. But in a, on a linear stream, so that you can tune in and also know that if something big breaks, they'll just drop right into the linear stream with whatever is happening, or or just creating, you know, put hire some kids <laughs> to be yeah. the anchors of the linear stream for CNN Plus and put it there. Just, I'm shocked that they're missing that part of it. Um, <laughs> That so, was, I'm kind of shocked that you're shocked that that you're you know we are who we no, are talking about here. I I always <laughs> thought that the, that the most obvious thing of CNN Plus when they announced it. I mean, yeah, they're going to have like yeah, you can watch you can watch Parts Unknown and you can watch like Stanley Tucci searching for Italy and all of that stuff, right? Right. Um, spoiler alert: He finds Italy. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I thought they would always couple it with a linear thing that was like not CNN, but like you know faux cnn just because live is a thing with news and although they will do live things there's not really any alerts and notification and you can't like just turn it on and see what's happening right now and there is a war on there is a lot of stuff to talk about and instead they're sort of like yeah but wolf blitzer's live at 4 30 and you can play that back anytime after that and it's like well yeah but if i want to watch the news at at 10 or 9 or 7 pacific uh those are on tape like uh, what's happening right now and and they just don't have an answer for that yet so it's it's a weird i mean look it's a product created due to contractual obligations like i said it's the it's the spoon in the tunnel um and it is by a company who just fired their leader and is being sold off to another (laughs) leader who is going to bring in someone else to put in charge of it they're merging two of their streaming services together it's unclear whether CNN Plus will just get subsumed into the HBO Max Discovery Plus wormhole or if it's going to live like on its own or it's just going to get bundled in like it's a it's a mess right now but i am fascinated by it um and we talked about it a lot it's like our our mascot on downstream is what the heck is CNN Plus and it's, i i've it, seen it now i i still don't know it, it sounds like it's a tax write off <laughs> no, basically I, i'm telling you it's the escape it is an escape tunnel that's what it yeah. is because they know that they know and you know we we could talk about um major league baseball too another thing that that happened this week is that the the package that used to be like a local broadcast channel in new york for the yankees a bunch of friday night games got bought by amazon yeah wild so in new, the new york area but not outside of it you'll be able to watch those yankees games but you'll have to pay for amazon prime video and that's this is all part of the same story, which is cable companies for years have been paying cable channel providers per subscriber, not per viewer, per subscriber. And mm. it for some and they and they, you know, all these companies that are bundling their channels together, it makes a lot of money. And mm. it still does. It still yeah. does because there's a lot of people in their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s who are still paying for cable. Yeah. Um even though the cord cutters maybe have left them, there's still a lot out there and will be for a while. And so you can't like say, I don't want your money, but you also know that that revenue stream is going away and you need to plan for what is coming next. And there will come a moment where you have to jump. Yeah, definitely. No, And, that's, and that's CNN mm-hmm. can't, you know, they can't just take in the cable money until they die. They got to be planning what's next. But you end up in these awkward situations, and and like with baseball, it's very much like that, where it's sort of like you got to pay, you got to pay Apple. Well, Apple's doing this first half of its package for baseball for free, uh, mm-hmm. but you have to get Apple, you know, Apple's right. website or app in order to do it. You have to get Amazon Prime for uh, the Yankees if you are watching a game on a sun on a bunch of Sunday mornings. Um, they're going to have 
that's going to be on Peacock, it sounds like. So you have to pay for Peacock <laughs> to see those baseball games. And I you can't cut the cord because yeah. most of the games will not be on the streaming. Yeah. They will be on your local cable channel. It's crazy. So it's, yeah, it's it's going to be like this for a while where everything is going to be a little bit broken and not make any sense. And it's all going to be because of that uh, uncanny valley between cable TV, the sweet, sweet cable TV money and going direct to consumer with a streaming service. So CNN oh, Plus yeah. is just like the the example of how messed up this is. Well, the the transitionary period is where we're, we're exactly where we are. And that's that's the hardest one. It's just like, oh, OK. But, you know, I'm willing to I'm willing to miss certain things to uh, keep my 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 streaming only options available. Yeah. I think that's I think that's OK. Um, What else? I watch I, I am watching Severance on Apple TV Plus. Speaking of. Which. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I think that's that's on my list to uh, watch next. I know that, pe- that people are talking about it. But what's your take on that? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Reminds okay. me of Counterpart a little bit. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's I think that's how it all came up. If mm-hmm. you imagine Counterpart mixed with Office Space, maybe. <laughs> wow. Um, Or Twin Peaks. It is a weird interesting show it is definitely about work-life balance and compartmentalization it's about some it's about labor issues it's about lots of stuff like that Uh, but it's also kind of creepy uh Mm. like i'm liking it so far haven't got haven't watched all of it yet but um, i've been really liking it you know it's you know it's interesting to me especially because you brought up this the fact that we were we were doing this a really long time and uh uh uh, talking about streaming wars and like we're really on top of it because at that time i mean it's still true actually there's not a lot of tv critics who actually cover it who are actually critics there's reporters who cover it obviously um but in that before we had that break one of our early stories was when we were talking about apple was you know creating this thing and we had a number of podcasts where we talked about well how do you do that without a library so who are they going to buy to get their library and of course they end up buying nobody and not having a library and they launch with this small you know, collection of shows that had big names. They had a, <clears throat> they had a couple of surprise critically acclaimed things like Dickinson that they didn't expect. Whereas mm-hmm. like you know, the morning show was something that was uh, the, all their glitz, but people had trouble with it. And, you know, the, I remember distinctly back in that time, you and I were like, yeah, it's, if they keep this path, they're going to have to start increasing their, their output and ho, oh, look at them now. I mean, they went from like where we were like, "Do I want to watch C? I don't yeah. know." Do I <laughs> right? And now it's like every time you turn around, there's a new show on Apple TV that people are raving about. So they've done a great job. Yeah, I mean, won the Best Picture Oscar, obviously, and they've got the Emmy for Best Comedy. Um, I've been saying all along that their strategy is very much an HBO kind of strategy, old school HBO, where mm-hmm. they're just not going to do volume, but they are going to try to curate pretty well. And I saw a comment from, I think it was your old pal, um, Alan Seppenwall, he who never sleeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, by the way, he's a <laughs> hideous Yankee fan. Um, Seppenwall said, you know, not every Apple TV Plus show is a hit but when they hit they're very very good and that that's good enough for them to have and he was listing off like pachinko which just premiered Mm -hmm. and severance and i think he mentioned another series that he said was really good and then of course he's a big for all mankind backer um and put season two last year on his 10 best list so that's yet to come back this year and uh, you know alan's point was apple Apple is like HBO in that they are kind of not trying to do everything, but they're trying to curate and uh, put enough bets down that some of them are going to be successful. What's funny is the ones that are the biggest, big star vehicles like The Morning Show, The Morning Show's done okay, and I think people think it's okay, but like that's not the one that moved the needle. Ted Lasso moved the needle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Coda has moved the needle, which was, you know, it was a purchase at Sundance, but still... And mm-hmm. then some of these other other shows that have gotten um, more recognition. It's 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 fascinating that, to see how they've how they've approached it. Um, they're getting you know with with the baseball starting a week from today as we record this, they're gonna do live uh, sports streaming for the first time. It, it is it's it's so crazy. We'll see. And, and then you know Amazon's gonna do football, so there's all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just things that we didn't really imagine. And the Yankees. 
and the Yankees. And there were just things we just didn't imagine back when, and we were being imaginative about where things would go. Uh, I think I'm, I'm uh, the most surprised at how uh, better Apple got, got at what it was doing um, after about the second year. Yeah. And I think it's part of that is their acquisitions, you know, Pachinko and these Dakota, like they just have people who are like, Oh, I see how this works. I mean, they obviously these people were from the TV side anyway, but and from studios to be able to say, yeah, like it, it's it really helps to have, uh, and you know for that for that reason, uh, Netflix has good uh, acquisition people as well. Um, but it's just such a high volume thing; everything gets lost. But it's uh, right. credit to Apple. I just I guess I didn't I wouldn't have bet on them to be the one that sort of breaks through and, and becomes really viable. What Seppenwall said too, and by the way, the other show he was uh, praising was Slow Horses, which just premiered. I've read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is really good. And the, the, the I've only seen the trailer so far, but um, the, you know, Gary Oldman, Kristen Scott Thomas, and having read the book recently, I look at the trailer and I think, oh yeah, this is actually really great. It's like spies who have been put out to, to uh, pasture who, um, who stumble on something and they have to solve a, a case. And it's, it's uh, it was a fun book and it looks like a really good show. And what, nice. what, what Steppenwall said was they are, yeah, they're making careful decisions and they're, they're, they're picking their spots and, uh, and you know, that's all, all you can ask for, right. Is like, is, is to take these chances and, um, and and whatever they're doing, yeah, they're they're doing it right. And who who would have thought? And they're, they're not all gonna, not all going to hit, but they're uh, it's it's surprising how relevant Apple is because it really could that that first with C in the morning show it was sort of like oh is this just going to mm. be a bunch of big budget boring stuff be, mediocre big budget boring stuff and I know that the the joke at the time was expensive NBC. But mm-hmm. uh, that was more about like the the Tim Cook wanted everything to be clean and and happy, and that, yeah. that wasn't actually really true. But it was a risk that it was going to feel like stuff that was really just kind of middle of the road during peak TV, um, and who like that's irrelevant, right? Like unless you yeah. have a reason to see it, why would you ever go see something like C or the Morning Show? I mean, I'm not trying to beat down on those, but they were not they were not the buzzworthy things that came out of Apple TV. Yeah, and it was it was it was irrelevant for for a couple of seasons for sure a couple of years uh it's really ted lasso that that kind of made people start paying attention yeah it really was and and wall said talking about the volume i think the other interesting wall point was um that he wondered if i think this was wall who said this wondered if their their lack of volume actually helped them because you could they could put something out there and then promote it for a while which of Mm -hmm. course as we've talked about a lot netflix you know, you, you premiere wow. and then you're gone and we don't even, you can't even find it. Like you're forget about it. Whereas Apple was able to sort of like build things up in a way where they didn't have that much to show, but the stuff that they wanted to show off, they would show it off for a while and you ended up getting more things that kind of built buzz around these shows. Plus they were releasing weekly instead of dropping in a, in a binge, but also that they just didn't have that much to promote. So they, they were able to kind of stick with stuff a little bit longer. And I, you know, I think it's an interesting theory. I think there there may be something to that 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 because they don't have eight new shows premiering every week, they are gonna they're gonna you know lean on the ones that they think are uh, that that matter to them and that could be successful. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, I I think if I was still doing what I was doing full time, uh, which is thinking these things up, talking with you about it, uh, and maybe this is something you can talk with Julia about, like for because we're talking about this crowded field and, and how it's just, it's so hard to make things pop for everyone that works. Like for, you know, like everything, something that rises up like Apple, like no one was really worried about them given all their money to like not succeed for a couple of seasons, but we were not guessing that they were going to be good right away because as you, as you, I think very <laughs> deftly pointed out their choices early on were a little suspect. Um, but when one of these rises up and gets good in the competitive marketplace, something is going to lose. So like, you know, what what is what's the channel that is suffering, who is doing basically the same game as as Apple, but is not really doesn't really strongly have its foot in the streaming game. And I would say that probably the one that comes to mind is like the direct kind of equivalent quality wise and in 
curating good shows and being very consistent and, and is kind of lost in the conversation is AMC. Huh? Interesting. Mm-hmm. They do good stuff. They have, they have good eyes. They do good stuff. They, they pay, you know, people to do good work. When's the last time you, you know, heard somebody talking about them? No, you're right. You're right. I yeah. think there's a perception there too, that AMC, AMC plus is basically a, you know, a, a cable channel extension. Yeah. It's a, it's a spoon. They use the spoon early on that one. Mm-hmm. They, that's, that's right. They also have a spoon. Their tunnel is a little further along, but they're yeah. still digging. Yeah. Still. I love this. This is the spoon in the tunnel is our new, yeah. uh, and, but if yeah. you dug the AMC tunnel and you got to the other side and you're like, okay, what did we get? And they're going to be like, oh, you got like, you know, um, stuff that we made like eight years ago that's no longer available on any streaming service. It wasn't like great. You're like, oh, I mean, these, these shows were good, right? I mean, but uh, yeah. So I think I think the ones that are to, to, to keep an eye on, the channels that I'm always, you know, like does the two biggest ones are obviously uh amc and fx and of course fx has hulu yeah but as hulu starts flooding the market with their own content uh, you know as somebody who you know had a deal at fx you're gonna i'm looking at thinking like how are can they and i don't have cable so i'm not seeing any of these cable ads on their linear stuff but i'm like okay you've got good shows you have a brand you have a very very solid brand but i'm you're not winning a bunch of awards right now you're not in the you've been leaped a little bit uh you have a streaming outlet but you're you're kind of a co-joined thing where disney bought you but you're not on the disney channel because you're because you're all you know uh ma 17 and uh, you know now hulu which is kind of like this thing that now they're churning out stuff all the time so how yeah. do you how do you stand out if you're fx uh on hulu it's like it's a I, tough one i yeah i think they don't i mean I, I think the real question is is how it's structured in terms of uh who's making content for that because the tr- the truth is also that hulu is a u.s only thing everywhere else it's already in the disney plus app and in america they now have added parental controls to disney plus and there's now content on disney plus that is for adults so it's only a matter of time it feels to me before even if hulu remains a separate thing that the hulu stuff's also going to be in the disney plus app Mm. for people who subscribe to hulu it feels like like that is because it's already happening outside of the u.s but you're right it is a it is a muddle and and talk about the spoon and the tunnel um like what is what is, I know that they they have done FX on Hulu, so they've got sort of like their their stuff for for linear and their stuff for Hulu, um, but their stuff for linear also is on Hulu. It's a little like HBO and HBO Max. The problem is that then they also have Hulu, so the 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 existence of the linear cable channels and the fact that John Landgraf is valued is the reason that that still exists, right? Because exactly. mm-hmm. in the long run it doesn't really make sense that you've got sort of two organizations making shows for, um, for, for these different, uh, for a destination in common and then a separate destination. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the thing. I mean, right. I mean, if if looking at them, you know, Sundance has never got to the same heights as, as, as AMC and FX, but you look at, you look at these niche ones and they're able to, you know, obviously Sundance and Sundance now, which is probably their tunnel. Um, you know, you, you, there's enough to cobble it together and maybe you can get it all. Yeah. It's going to, I think the coming uh, couple of years, it's going to be really interesting to see what shakes out. Yeah. I wonder if, um, AMC networks will get sold at some point. I know that they're owned by a cable family, Mm -hmm. but, it feels like a lot of these stragglers are going to realize that they're better off being part of a larger player than just floating around saying, please subscribe to AMC plus because we've got, you know, IFC and BBC America. Exactly. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, and there's good stuff there. It's just got, it just needs to get seen somehow. Right. I have, I have a, I have a question for and you. And they Maybe do acorn. You... They also own acorn. Yeah. They own acorn mm-hmm. and shutter. Oh my God! Right, the the the, the horror, horror streaming yeah. service, yeah, which mm-hmm. which is by all accounts uh, pretty successful. And Sundance now, obviously, is in there too. A little niche, some niche <laughs> streamers, <laughs> but AMC is sort of like also we make The Walking Dead. And it's like okay, yeah, and you know, and they did Mad Men, and you yeah. know, they they did Breaking Bad. I mean, for they sure, a, they're a legacy brand now, but they need yeah. you know, maybe to be a little bit more 
more high profile. Well, what's I, the rep? Yeah, this is the thing. This is the thing. I think maybe this is what you were getting at, which is is now they seem like an afterthought, and it's because all the big things were happening on cable channels. Mm-hmm. And now all the big things are happening on streaming. They really are. And for HBO, it's not a problem because HBO is streaming and yeah. cable. But for AMC, it's like, well, AMC is streaming, but it's AMC Plus, And it's like the adjunct to their channels. And it's not, it's not anything uh, uh, in terms of how popular it is like HBO Max is. Right. And so you end up saying sort of like, well, you can do a premiere on AMC and AMC Plus, but like you're, you're off Broadway now. Because the Broadway move, Broadway is on streaming now, um, and and nobody's paying attention to your little niche streaming service. And they're like, "But wait, we were Mad Men and Breaking Bad." And we're like, "Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. the circus moved to another town." <laughs> that is that is yes, that is actually is what's happening. It's fascinating. I, I mean, there's a part of me that misses that, um, uh, and there's a part of me now, the new me, that was a little bit worried that like you know, it's nice to have outlets that are still willing to like take shots on shows sure um and and that if they dry it up that's that's not going to be good but i i think another here's a question for you for your for uh uh downstream and and julia is uh i would not be surprised i'm just gonna make a prediction here i i would not be surprised if we have a netflix spinoff at some point interesting netflix to interesting because they're you know, too not, big. not us in particular not like we're going to do tv netflix talk machine yeah right <laughs> it's, exactly. not our, it's not our spinoff <laughs> or tv talk machine on netflix where <laughs> actors are hired to play us yeah although like... although i know somebody who could write that show oh absolutely <laughs> but but so you're saying sort of like how does netflix continue its growth pattern given that it owns everything and the answer is what if netflix created another uh, either another service or another, or like an add-on where there was a different uh, kind of content. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great brand. You'd probably want to keep it at Netflix something, you know, like you know HBO, HBO Max. It could be Netflix Plus. I don't know what it could be, but but maybe you break it up so that it doesn't feel like one of the problems that they have, which we've documented for a really long time, is it's it, they try to recreate like a, a broadcasting thing where it's broad, so they have everything. Uh, it's international. They own a lot of content. Some of those content deals are obviously changing and going back to where they originally came from, whether it's NBC or wherever. Um, but the problem that, they, that they're experiencing is HBO Max is successful. Disney is successful. Uh, Apple is successful. Like, you know, the, it's a problem. And, you know, a way to for people to say, OK, well, and I've predicted this for some time. I think content creators, while they love the check are eventually going to say, man, I love the money, but you just dropped my show, literally all 10 episodes into the deepest black hole anybody could ever know. And my friends who are making shows on on uh, Apple Plus, are, they're, they're doing great. You know, they're everybody's talking about it. It's in the zeitgeist. So when that starts happening, then they're going to say, OK, let's we have to make this different. We have to make this like a, uh, you, you know, a, 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 a separate service where it's very clear what you're getting in each, like maybe one's all prestige or one's all like whatever, whatever. There's something in all movies or there's just something where you can, they're just, you can't be all things to all people. I mean, they are that right now, but I don't, and and you can't keep upping your, your price. Cause at some point, right. You're when you cross 20, you're, you're looking at trouble, I think. Yeah, I do wonder if it, it might even be as simple as just creating a, a tier and saying, you know, we've got a tier of, of, of uh of content that we're not going to increase the price or we might even drop the price but you know everybody who's currently a subscriber is now in the bundle and if you want to drop out of the bundle you can save some money but you're going to lose some content i don't know it's a hard question because netflix is such a a big thing that the answer would be well of course not of course they're just going to keep stuffing things into netflix it's like i'm not sure they can I'm not sure they can. I know I'm sure that if the money will make sense in the long run right like something i talked to julia about last week was um when the music stops, like a lot of people are pay- are losing lots and lots of money on content right now, right? Because they want to get territory, they want to establish themselves as one of the key brands in streaming, and at some point they're gonna they're gonna say, and the question is, how soon is this gonna happen? That somebody's gonna say, "Hey, stop spending so much money on content. We're mm-hmm. we're okay. 
And you're like, no, 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 we're not. We we got a lot of threats. Peacock is a threat. HBO Max is a threat. It's like, yeah, but you're spending too much money. So just <laughs> yeah. don't spend as much money. And it's like, okay, what do you what do you do then? I don't know. It's uh, there's still a lot of weird stuff happening out there in the streaming yeah, world. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's never a dull moment out there. But no. uh, yeah. So I just got to keep some of them alive so I can get some shows. Yeah, like that's that. that's right. That, that's the point here is that uh, please continue to be interested in uh, comedy and or dramedy content about Northern California and um, also ex- existentialism. Yes. And as I <laughs> as I put up recently on the on the on my Substack stack uh, again, one that did a, a much better uh, uh was i just basically told people hey here's, here's my idea for a book and and yes you did you know, <laughs> i did yeah i was like i it was originally a movie idea and i had a couple of other um uh book ideas that were from part of the tv shows i've made and just changing it and maybe making people older or only focusing on one thread that was in the original drama and expanding those people and then i just came up with this idea before and i thought this would be a great linear movie uh, and now I decided, I think I'm going to do it as a book hmm. and, um, to put it out there. And, uh, people were very generous and very, uh, and very, um, supportive of the idea of a woman who decides she's going to go to Finland to kill her husband. Yeah. And well, <laughs> and that the husband is repeating his own, um, mm-hmm. father's history. And I, uh, I, I loved how brave you were to basically say, I'm going to let you look at my process and, mm-hmm. This is this is me coming up with ideas and not trying to hide like this is the idea. And I'm a big believer that like, you know, it's execution. That's the point. Like everybody's like, oh, how do you get your ideas? Like ideas, honestly, are kind of a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Um, execution is what matters. So you talking about what it would be about is sort of um, it, you're not giving away the store there. But still, most people don't talk that much about it. And you went into some detail about it. Um interesting to get a look inside your process and uh there's a lot there there's like i mean you've you've thought of a lot a lot about the backstory and and everything that goes into it too and of course the setting which might require some research you may need to go to scandinavia <laughs> i, I recommend the summertime yes. for that <laughs> um it's much nicer in the summertime i mean it's fine in the winter except it's just very dark and cold um and uh i my friend cgp gray did a video i think about the difference between the nordic countries and the scandinavian countries um, because there are like the Finns, the reason that people like don't let the Finns into Scandinavia <laughs> is because they're ethnically different. Whereas the Danes and the Swedes and the Norwegians are, are ethnically similar. The, the Finns were migrated there from central Europe, I think, or right. Eastern mm-hmm. Europe. And so like they're Hungary, a different, think, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're the closest, the, the language that's closest to Finnish is Hungarian I mean, mm-hmm. I, and Estonian, I think, which is right across the water from Finland. But so some of them were like, I'm not going over there. We're going to stay here. And those became Estonians. But um, yeah, it's, that's uh, yeah, I thought it was great that you, that you opened up your, your premise there uh, and, uh, and your, your notebook a little bit about. Yeah. I, 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 I probably wouldn't do the uh, the TV idea that I'm doing with a friend of mine from Netflix. Um, in fact, we're talking tonight again uh, because it's so fun. It would be so fun to share it. But the ideas are because I think people would like, go, oh, holy shit. Or, or they would say, yeah, that's been done before. Right. Which, you know, because it's like I'm you know, but that's fun. I mean, that that one I wouldn't do just because I think it's like. Uh, it's a TV show and it's, you know, I, there's some, I love the ideas in there. I'm, I'm, I'm having the greatest time sort of like, you know, being freed from the shackles of just like maybe doing something a little more dense and do, doing something a little crazier and, and wilder and even has like, you know, like uh, some sci-fi or paranormal elements to it. And uh, so we're having a good time talking about that, but I, I don't think I would put that out there, but I might, who knows? You never know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, I got some letters. Oh, letters. You want me to? Still... Yeah, Give sure. Letters. People, yeah, people are still sending their letters. Wow. Most of what good. I got when I opened the folder was spam, but there were letters in there too. <laughs> this letter comes to wow. us from Hobo Eric. Oh, Hobo Eric. Yes. Uh-huh. Substack reader. He says, uh, Eric says, bonjour and cheerio from across the pond. I too was able to type the letters P and O into the two fields of Gmail and it auto-completed your email address. That's <laughs> podcast at tvtalkmachine.com, by the way. Technology can track and remember for good and sometimes sometimes instead of just evil. 
Uh, Tim, I know you've been out of the TV watching game for a while. I wanted to give you my current recommendations for pleasure viewing, not necessarily for the box set. I'm glad, glad Jason is enjoying the after party. This is from back in February. I have now finished the after party. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to highlight the wonderful title sequence. So lovely to watch each time. No skipping, which brings me to my other favorite new Apple TV Plus show, Severance. Mm. Uh, also an amazing title sequence. Ben Stiller has created a wonderfully rich show with mysteries that I'm very interested in finding out more with possible nods to Homecoming and a production design to rival Loki's. Yeah, I'd go along with that. The production design is great. Although uh, it's so much like kind of wide open, empty space. I kind of think like they did they just uh, get Apple's designers to like the Apple store designers <laughs> to design it because it's kind of <laughs> like that. Um, speaking of Homecoming, a network comedy I'd recommend which I'm sure is filming in the same large corporate location as Homecoming Season 2, is American Auto. NBC has a fantastic comedy mm. on its hands. It's from Justin Spitzer, who created Superstore, which I have, we are very slowly, we're, we're in, I think, the last season now of Superstore. We've been watching that. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, ABC also has a standout hit in Abbott Elementary, created by one of the comedians from Black Lady Sketch Show. Can I tempt you back to the dark side of broadcast? Oh. The answer to that is no. no. Yeah, I thought no. so. No, I, I I saw the trailer for uh, the auto show and I was like, Neh. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I'll ca- catch me in uh, in five years on Peacock. It'll be there. <laughs> right, exactly. That's, that's what I'm doing with Superstore. People are like, oh, Superstore, and I'm like, ah, NBC Network sitcom. Yeah, I'll pass. I'll, I'll catch it in 2022 on Peacock <laughs> on their unnamed on their unnamed streaming channel that will probably be called something like Peacock yes. Plus, which almost got it oh it's you know not a lot has been said about how how uh bright you are and how hysterically funny that was peacock plus yes you know it's it turns out it's peacock premium but so close so close eric says uh, one last show is definitely going to be my top 10 for 2022 somebody somewhere I had the privilege of seeing the lead, Bridget Everett, at her cabaret act where she's filthy, she sings, and hilarious throughout. The first season just ended on HBO on Monday. The seven episodes are tender and funny in equal measure. I love shows that have outcasts and and show a non-left or East Coast view of life. Uh, today's email is sponsored by the letters A and S. Hobo Eric. <laughs> well, look, I, uh, I have heard a lot about that one as well. It's like... It's hard to keep up, which is a great, great, I guess it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing that I don't have to do it anymore, but it's a curse that like, it sounds like there's a lot of good shows out there. Yeah, Yeah, there are. There are. You just don't know what they are because you, you haven't had to, had to, uh, uh, pick through the rubble. Right. (laughs) And and, thank God. Yeah. I want some bad stuff and then the good stuff. (laughs) Somebody actually asked me on, uh, the subs that like, are you going to break down and get screeners? And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. no. I am interested in you following up on shows that get recommended to you. Like you did that one time where you're like, you noped out of one, but then you got really into utopia. I would really like, I, I would like, here's my pitch for you for the Substack is I want the, you know, Tim tries it, um, segment where you try stuff that has been recommended and, and, you know, some of it's going to be bad and some of it's going to be good. You're not going to have to watch more than one episode of it. You can nope out at any point, really. <laughs> nope but I think out. it would be interesting when people say, I think you might like this, because that that's a way for you to get stuff curated for you. So you don't have to say, uh, like, watch every new thing and 90% of them will be terrible, right? Which is just a terrible grind. So just put that in your hat. Tim no, I like it. it. I like it because there's a... a... And there's been a lot of suggestions. So. You might, I mean, you might find another Utopia, or you might, might find yeah. whatever that show uh, Raised by Wolves, where you're like, mm, not for me, mm, not for <laughs> no, me. not for me. Um, but Eric, Eric has yep. some good ideas there, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Eric. Uh, this is from Rick in the DC adjacent 703. Uh, Rick says, "What I watched." We asked people what they watched during the long dark TV TM interregnum. He said, "Detectorus." As recommended by both of you, uh, a creative, yeah. calming show, also perfect for pandemic watching, and now on Amazon Prime Video and other places. Yes. Run. Don't so walk. Good. Well, okay, walk if you need to, to Detectorist, to your TV, and watch Detectorist. It's so good. So good. Yeah. So good. I just, uh, yeah, I love it. I feel, I, just, I, I feel the waves of nostalgia come mm-hmm. over me when that happens. Every time. Mm-hmm. I hear that little mm-hmm. theme song in my head, and I mm-hmm. feel very happy, and there's a guy who lives on a boat. <laughs> and there's a guy standing in a field with a metal detector and it's just <laughs> good stuff yeah it is good stuff and they meet at the pub uh, this one is from an old friend it's George D oh it's a OG George D OG uh-huh. absolutely from the 415 now living in the 323 he says guys it has been a mere decade since I last wrote into the podcast according to my <laughs> sent email folder 
Props to George yeah. for keeping his sent email folder for more than a decade, too. Yes. I wow. thought I'd send in a question that's been nagging at me for a bit. In the streaming wars, how underrated is the quality of the actual technology? I grabbed Paramount Plus for the 49ers Cowboys. It's always a George D letter if you mention yeah. the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Managed to get a month of ad free for five bucks and discovered the surprisingly funny American version of Ghosts. But after one month, Ghosts on CBS, you could watch it, but Tim, it's a network sitcom, so <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, but after one month, I canceled in no part because the actual watching is unpleasant. If they had Netflix's interface, I might still have it. Why doesn't anyone seem to care about the quality of the watching experience? And how would you all rank, oh boy, the respective watching experience of each service? All the best to you both. George D. from the 415. P.S. Ghost and Abbott Elementary are the two shows I look forward to the most right now if anyone's looking for a couple of nice sitcoms. Wow. George. Look at that. Okay. All right. George D. Also, P.S. Joe Montana is the best. No, he didn't say that. I just, <laughs> it's implied in every letter from George D. Well, he wouldn't be wrong. Um, I have a I have a little bit of a tech answer to this, which is a lot of the decision makers in, in, in these entertainment companies are they got there by being good with money, but also they got there by good with uh, by being good with uh, viewing their company as a content company and thinking if we choose the right content, um, you know, uh, the right shows will be successful and technology wasn't really an issue because it's like well you know you have a broad you have a broadcast tower but that's really the affiliates and satellites and and you just have like i've got my show on a tape and you play the tape right Mm. it it was not a very high tech not to say there wasn't tech in in television but the user interface was not you the user interface was everybody's tv set Mm -hmm. and the problem is that a lot of those people still don't get it yeah. And still don't get it at the level that they need to. And I think this is going to change because I think they're going to realize. And I think you actually see it when like HBO Max launched and and then like actually apologized and said, we're sorry. Um, it'll be better soon. We, we realize it's broken. I think they just weren't paying attention to how important their interface was. And I think George D is right. I think it is a reason you will lose people that you will increase your churn rate on your subscriptions is if it's hard to use it and it's easy to use Netflix or some other competitor, it's not just going to be about the content. It is also going to be about how painful it is to use uh, your product. And I think they will eventually realize that the apps and the websites are their product as much as the show that is being played back. At least that's my hope. Um, and I think that the audiences will kind of punish them. Um, but I also think they'll get better because they, they, a lot of them have already realized that the tech is an important part of what they do. Because, like I said, you know, it used to be there was just the dials on your TV. And that's not the case anymore. Your, your software matters. And, your, and your, your stack matters, too. Like if you, if you had that 49ers Cowboys game on and you can't keep up with the demand for it and everything gets buffered or drops or is low quality, you're also going to fail. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. I, I totally yes. Um, that's partly why I dropped. Well, not the whole reason, but I, I, it was easy for me to drop Peacock. Let's put it that way. Mm. Oh, they got some soccer on there. I can't drop Peacock, but, mm. but I, I, I hear you. Peacock's not great. Paramount Plus is really bad. <laughs> I mean, they're all kind of bad. Yeah, they all have their own like. Why are we do? Why do I have to get out of this and back into this? You know, I'm not. I, I'm getting super happy with Apple TV. So. I know. I yeah, Apple TV's fine. I, I I know. I said that the the Olympics. I think Paramount or no Peacock did a pretty good job of that. I think Paramount Plus is the one I struggle with because I can't even like escape the menu. Sometimes it's very mm. frustrating, and they want me to watch the last two minutes of the credits of the show I watched last week instead of showing me the new episode for this week. I'm like, guys, I think you should be able to figure out that when I get to the credits, I'm done with the show. But they're like, no, no. Would you like to watch the credits (laughs) of last week's episode of Star Trek Picard? I'm like, I would not. (laughs) I I don't need to see that ever. Oh my God. That is funny. Yeah. I I found that I I could have done this wrong, but I found that, um, uh, I'm sure somebody will say no. It was not like that either on the site or whatever. But at least through my running Apple, uh, as a, uh, that was my, you know, I, that's how I watched. I stream things through Apple mm-hmm. and um, t- uh, Peacock, and and I was like, well, I'll, ha- I'll keep it because I'm going to catch all this great content from the Olympics that I love. Um, but they were very selective in what they featured. And they uh, days were you couldn't find all the stuff in all the days. And and then I finally figured out how I could go back and get it. By, but but right. that was really frustrating. 
And by then I was like, okay, you know, I'm kind of yeah. coming up on my month and you made me work too hard. I think they are, I, I'm really interested to see what they do for the next Olympics because I think they're getting it, but you're right. I think there were, um, uh, my friend pointed out, um, a friend of mine was complaining about how his wife wanted to watch like snowboarding or something. And they were taking the feeds where I think it was, I think the way it worked was ba- they basically were taking the stuff that NBC was going to use on one of their networks. And so they're talking about, okay, in their first run, they did this and now they have to beat that. And she's like, well, where's the first run? Uh-huh. And the answer was, it's not in that package because they didn't show the first run on NBC or CNBC or USA Network or wherever they put it. And it's on the international broadcast feed. So probably if you went to the sports drill down to snowboarding and found that day's snowboarding and watched it from the beginning, you would see their first run. But you'd also see it with different announcers because it would be the international broadcast announcers in English language instead of the NBC announcers. It would look different, but you would get it all. And this is part of the problem, right, is that it's it's that's too much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You yeah. If you want to watch snowboarding, you should be able to watch snowboarding and not have this differentiation between like the content that we're we're running on our networks, on our linear networks that you can also see versus the content that's provided by the International Broadcast uh, Coalition. Like that, that's people just want to watch snowboarding, and I think they'll get there, but they may have to adjust the way they put on their show. Right? They may actually have to say, "Oh no, we're gonna." You know, if we're going to cover this, this we're going to cover the whole thing, or we're going to stream it with the international broadcast stuff, and then pick it up with NBC when NBC signs on. But they didn't do it this time, so maybe next time. Maybe next time, and uh, yeah, and then I'll come back again. Maybe, yeah. Well, that's right. That's I'll I'll tell you. I mean, people talk about churn and all that. Remember how you used to have to like have a two-year contract for your satellite dish, or they'd (laughs) sign you up for a year for cable and stuff like that. The beauty of the streaming world now. I know it's a lot of bills and a lot of apps and all that. The beauty of it is you can turn it on and off. And I've said mm-hmm. to people like, you know, you can get, you know, if you don't want to watch Star Trek now, wait till June, pay five bucks for Paramount or 10 bucks for Paramount. And you'll have 30 episodes of Star Trek, new Star Trek to watch from the last four months. And you'll just get it all at once. And then you can cancel it. And yep. a lot of these places too, they'll offer you a deal. Like I'm watching Outlander on stars because, they had a, it was like 15 bucks for three months or 10 bucks for three months or something like that. And it's like, oh, well, that's the entire run of Outlander. And I'm willing to pay that to watch that show week to week. That's fine. But like, yeah. there are deals. Sometimes when you try to cancel, they'll give you free months. Um, like, there's lots of stuff out there. So that's the beauty of it is, you, you know, if you are willing to forego immediate gratification or just say, I'll come back to it later, you know, like uh, check in on, on Peacock later. It'll yes. be there. It's not going anywhere. Or as you so it's definitely fine. stated to me, I think via Twitter, uh, you know, you can set a reminder with Siri. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can literally, literally just be um, turn this back on later or cancel yeah, this later. And exactly. It works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we have a couple of uh, uh, we were talking about um, Chicago Dick Wolf and his Chicago fires and his laws and order. Ooh. Uh, listener Chris from the 734 wrote in uh, to say uh, it happened in 2014. It was called Chicago Crossover, where the cops of SVU met the police of Chicago PD. Yep. So it already happened. Of course it did. <laughs> of course it did. And Dave, our, our friend David J. Laura wrote in, David in the 812, yep. to point out that when I got confused about, which I was kind of like doing a bit, David, but like the whole Magnum PI and NCIS Hawaii. Um, and he points out that Magnum and NCIS were both created by Don Benalizario. The new 5 uh, crossed over with NCIS LA, which means all the NCIS, the new 5 the new Magnum and JAG all exist in the same universe, uh, along with Scorpion the world's greatest show and I'll hear no <laughs> alternatives. The show where they plug an internet cable into a flying airplane. Yes. Amazing. Oh and yes. the new MacGyver as well. Those are all part of the same universe. So, Oh my God. So, uh, amazing. David, well Thank done. You, David. David knows mm-hmm. everything about old yeah. TV. Man. I thought I did, but I was wrong. It was David all along. <laughs> um, Jim in the 707 wrote in to say, I made a random check on your Twitter feed or podcast feed and found out you were back. Surprise! <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm ready to send you my unsolicited opinions and questions about TV, where you like it or not. Is it too soon to get Joe Garofoli back 
to make an appearance as porno Putin. Wouldn't like, that be? Yes. It's oh, yeah. a little awkward. Yeah, awkward. Yeah. Which, uh, but that was, that's how long that, I actually that's was thinking like, that was. that's how long Putin has been around. Yeah. Is that he was a, he was a voice in the original TVTM. That was a long time ago now. Yes. So kids, if you're listening, he was kind of a meme back on the old podcast. Yeah, he was. He was. Mm. He was back. That was what we considered memes back then. Mm-hmm. Porno Putin. Um, <laughs> that's good stuff. Good stuff. Wow. Let know it's funny yes. right now. Uh, <laughs> and finally, Dave from the plus six one. Uh, Jason and Tim, it's great to hear you gentlemen again on a regular basis. And to get some ideas for new shows, I'm loving Station Eleven, but I'm also catching up with Deadwood. I missed it somehow. Oh, and the okay. UK Utopia after reading Tim's impassioned ode to the canceled <laughs> show and oh. watching the amazing trailer embedded in the email from the Substack. I'm looking forward to Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus. The wow. source books from McCarran are great, and the cast looks great with Gary Oldman. Uh, agreed uh, uh, entirely, Dave. I'm looking forward to that. I might watch that tonight. Uh, love to your mothers, Dave from Plus Six One. Thank you, Dave. Dave, excellent. Dave, excellent. Dave, there's plus six one, by the way, Australia, the official um, <laughs> country of TVTM, sort of. Yes. yes it wouldn't basically. be TVTM before we got letters from uh, from the down under. So there it is. Oh, Watch God. out for drop bears, Dave. <laughs> Watch out for those. Those are scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, that was a lot of letters. I'm that was a lot of letters. Yeah, yeah, I guess we did take a few weeks off. We did. I'm very yeah. impressed by that. We did. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, people don't get to be privy to our our little like this week. Yeah, how about next week? A week <laughs> passes. Now, yeah, maybe next week. Okay, next week. And then in the end, it ended up exactly as it always does at one o'clock on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> the official but, time of TVTM. Yes, yes, but it'll come out earlier in Australia. Well, yeah, I mean, well, or. <laughs> no, no. Later, sorry. It's it's really yeah. Technically, it's uh, as we record this, it's about eight in uh, in uh, in parts of Australia. It, it is only five a.m. in Perth, but it's uh, it's eight. It's it's eight in Adelaide right now. Uh, oh, so good morning, okay. good Saturday okay. morning, Adelaide, and eight thirty in Sydney. So happy morning. Watch out. Uh, check your bed for snakes. Snakes. Spiders check your ceiling for drop Mm. bears. Really, just get out of there, run. Yes, to a different country. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, well, we'll be back, right? Sometime, yeah, absolutely. Do this, whatever this is again. Yeah, I'll come up with another book and we'll, we'll yeah, we'll just break it down. We'll, we'll uh, come up with some show ideas. Maybe we'll watch stuff by then. Who knows? Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch a bunch of stuff, so I will that we'll have something relatively soon. Love to your mothers and. (laughs) And timgoodman.substack.com, of course. Yes. Please go and read it. Uh, you uh, you should pay for it. But even if you don't pay for it, you should subscribe. Yeah. And get the free posts. Because yeah. Those and then, are, tell, and then tell friends. Yeah. yeah. And I'm tell your you friends. Around. Please mm-hmm. do. All right, Tim. I'll see you All right, in Jason, a couple of weeks good. unless we decide we'll put it off. And then <laughs> it'll be later. All righty. Love to your mothers. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.